examples. And the astonishing thing was we found that every single type of work that is part of today's knowledge worker, information worker workplace is being done by the players in these games. Very interesting. So here's the astonishing question. If people are doing every kind of work in these games, why is it that they pay to do work in the entertainment setting? In the United States, it's about $15 a month to play World of Warcraft, for example. And that over here on the other side at our companies, we have to pay them to do what are essentially the same tasks. Absolutely. I have a question about that. Mm -hmm. This whole issue of I literally get to be a different person or a different race. I'm not myself in this imaginary world. And the world itself, some people would argue, is not reality. Yeah. So do you get arguments about the irreality of self and environment? All of those comments can be made. But still, you have to deal with this astonishing paradox. On one side, you have human beings who are paying to carry out activities, some of which are grinding out tasks in these games. Some of them require highly repetitive, boring tasks that are embedded as part of a series of achievements that have to be obtained to get to the next level or to meet the needs of your team and so on. People are paying to do the tasks on one side, and on the other side, the tasks that look absolutely identical, we have to pay them to do, and they complain about having unsatisfying, dreary, repetitive, boring jobs. So it focuses you on the question, what is it about the environment in which we ask people to work that is so much less satisfying, so much less engaging compared to these fantasy worlds with pink trees and avatars and so on? Yeah, exactly. It really calls out for a serious thinking of what are the differences and how can we fix the world of work based on what we can learn by looking at the entertainment world. I think you're absolutely right. And people in the gaming industry and in the entertainment industry have been working so hard for games to become more real. And now you have this paradox related to work where how can we make work reality more like these games? Let's explore this at a couple of different levels. Okay. Everyone is drawn to the eye candy, the special effects in the movie Avatar, this magnificent entertainment achievement in which Jake does not have to endure the limitations of his wheelchair. He can be a fully functioning native in this land through his avatar. That same projection of oneself onto a mini-me, a creature that I control in this other world, is psychologically very engaging. It is one of the powerful features of games that could be used in the workplace. There are tens of thousands of people today who drive avatars in online 3D worlds as part of collaboration software, in some cases in training, in simulation, and in other applications that are creeping into the enterprise. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. One can create beautiful worlds, change the way gravity works, and teleport people across time and space and other things as a game designer. And there are a lot of pretty handy things you can do Mm -hmm. in a virtual world. It's just wonderful. It's psychologically powerful. But the eye candy is only the tip of the iceberg If you look at all the things these games do very, very well, that relate to management. Mm -hmm. Well, you get the gratification of a job well done. You mentioned in the book also the metrics associated with the tasks are clearly defined. And because it is technology, there's always a report out at the end as to how successful or unsuccessful you've been. Right. There's metrics and there's feedback. One of the things games do a really good job of is giving feedback. Right. Have any of us ever had a boss who gave us the feedback exactly when we need it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Having been a CEO of biotechnology companies, I know that I've missed many, many opportunities to steer a little bit and most often to thank and recognize accomplishment. Well, games get it right every time because they're driven by an algorithm. Of course. What we've learned from studying these games is that human beings don't just need feedback. 
on the big stuff. They don't just need feedback often. And there's not just this notion based on research of Skinnerian behavioral psychologists that they need it on an intermittent schedule. It turns out that humans need feedback on every time scale. Very rapid, kind of rapid, not so rapid, kind of infrequent, and long time span. All we do a really good job of in the enterprise is the annual performance review mm -hmm. and the occasional intermittent recognition. We're doing a terrible job of meeting human beings' needs for feedback in all timescales. Games do a great job of that. Layton, we spent an awful lot of time and effort developing highly engaging, involving immersive business simulations. What you're talking about is beyond training, entering the real world of work. We think these tools are too good to be reserved for settings where you're getting ready to make money for shareholders. All these tools and affordances and insights ought to be available while you're making money.